Dave Accord Grail as part of the Sports Line on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome once again to the Sports Line Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on the 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the tuning app in association with their Credit Union. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by Cobra's Interpet McNamara. We're going to be predominantly talking about hurling and camogie and what a weekend of action we have here ahead in for supporters in Clare with the Clare Camogies in a Munster Junior and Senior Camogie final and the Senior Hurlers taking on Limerick in that eagerly awaited championship match in Cusick Park uh, tomorrow. We're going to be joined uh, by uh, well-known Irish examiner journalist Tracer Callaghan, uh, Clare FM and local journalist Derek Dormer, Shawnee McNamara uh, from Scarif, who's going to talk about their great win in the Munster Championship under 15 during the week. We're looking, we talk to the Clare giant manager John Camberley as we look ahead to the Camogie game also. And finally, we'll be talking to well-known journalists with the independent newspapers all the way from Offaly, Michael Verney, as he will give us views his views on the weekend's championship action. And now we're, we're joined on the line by three-time All-Ireland medal winner, uh, also has won National Leagues with Cork, has kept at her own club, Glen Rovers to All-Ireland Club, uh, Glory, um, one of the greatest players ever to play the game of Camogie, has also been in, involved you know, as PRO of the Camogie Association, was heavily involved in the merger of the Camogie Association and the GA, and you know, now is a well-known journalist uh, covering the sport for Dyer's Examiner. It's Tracer Callaghan. Trace, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Ah, thank you very much, Leo. Very kind words. Thank you. No bother. No bother. Well, well deserved. Trace, I suppose, l- looking at, at the weekend coming up and Clare going down to Parky Rin uh, for two Munster finals. It's a, a novel day out for Clare, you know, playing Waterford in the junior and playing your own home county, Cork, in a Munster senior final. It is, Leo, and you know, it's great. Um, it's great to see new counties emerging. Um, you know, for any game, that's what you need. You need to keep it interesting. And, you know, for people outside of the county of player, you know, that's what you want. You're looking in and you're seeing who's in the finals this year. You know, it's well documented. There are three or four teams there at the top. And uh, to see Clare coming down and coming down on the double as well to park your ring on Saturday, it's great. It's great for the game. They're coming on merit, having seen them play, you know, in the, in the Munster Championship we'll go back to the senior team now for the moment um, you know play a tip twice and uh, to win the second day out um, as well with a tip following behind them um, you know it's it's massive for Claire Camogie and it's well overdue and everybody and spectators all around are delighted to see it Yeah and I suppose uh, Trace as um, Cork you know were, were, were defeated by Galway in the Ireland final last year defeated by Galway in the league final I suppose you know a lot of the familiar names don't seem to be featuring for Cork at the moment whether they're on you know just on, on taking a break or whatever uh, what's the state of play with the Cork pennant at the moment she's probably a pennant in position mm. Yeah, that, I think that would be a fair assessment of the Cork panel. I suppose if you look at the Waterford um, semi-final, if you look at the result of that game, Leo, it was probably closer than what a lot of people expected. But, you know, they did give their panel a run out that day. Um, so I suppose, look, you know, you have to put it in context, really. Um, Matthew Tuma did risk some of his players. Now, on top of that, he has a couple of injuries as well. So, you know, we're not sure what the team will be like um, for Sartre's game. Uh, Sorsa McCartan, who's joined Cork this year from down, she's a fine player. She's been playing full forward. She picked up an injury a few weeks back, as did Cleona Healy, who's an exciting prospect. Now, I know okay. hers is hamstring, so, you know, she may need another week or two. I'm not too sure about her. 
Um, so there's there's injuries there as well. But I suppose on the plus side, um, Orla Cronin is back training with the with the panel. Orla hasn't featured since last year's All Ireland final, um, and you know I suppose wasn't really sure what we weren't sure what was happening with her but the news is great because Orla would be you know one of Cork's more experienced players and um, she's a joy to watch as well she's a great Camogie player so you know Camogie needs those kind of players as well you know you want the best players out in the field and it's great news for Cork that, that she's back training with them didn't great news for Claire though that she's back but look <laughs> we'd rather see we'd, you'd rather see as you say uh, you'd rather see all these top players being out on the pitch Claire are the players looking at Claire you know the two matches mm. against you know they beat Limerick and the two matches against Tipperary they have to be of benefit going into a game like this Absolutely and I think you know the two matches uh, and, and I'm just going to take one step back there firstly I want to commend Munster GA for what they have done in, in, in these double headers I think it is so positive for Komoge and, you know, it has worked really, really well. And I think people who have seen Komoge matches in the last few weeks who wouldn't normally see them, you know, they can't believe the standard, um, the, the the fitness level of the girls. So I think from a promotional point of view, it's been very positive um, for Komoge. Yeah, and doesn't know doesn't know the GA do get a lot of um, bed press, but on this occasion it really is a thumbs up, and you know one that's a real uh, feather feather in the cap. There's no doubt about that. Oh, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, and I think the girls as well, and I and I think you'd agree that you know Claire and and Tipperary, particularly the first day in Simple Stadium, they both they rose their game. Like I mean, the crowd was getting behind them, and it was very appreciative of, of the standard of Camogie that they were seeing. So I think you know from Claire's point of view. Um, I thought they might steal that that game. They went a point up, but Tip came back and levelled it. And then, you know, they had to show huge character then to go again the next day and to win it. So I think those two matches, <clears throat> those two matches for Clare are really um, going to stand him. Like every player and every manager will tell you, matches. There's not no, training. There's no double. And Claire brought in the men into the management setup this year. They've joined the junior and the senior setups. And the mm-hmm. one of the co-managers, John Carmody, that uh, the one the championship that Claire won, and he was a manager at that time. So maybe there's a, a, a link again. You know, a bit of, a bit of history maybe in the making again for Claire. They have, and they've been a very impressive backroom team. I was, I was, I was looking at it that, um, you know, over the matches and Conor Dolan as well, and of course you've you've uh, Colum Fitzgerald in there as well, and you know that's going to be another little side show himself and Davy in opposite corners. But then again, you know, it's all about the players. I mean, they won't want to take from that either. But yeah, great work going on in Clare Camogie at the moment, and you know, winning tough matches as well. I think um, will stand to Clare. Uh, you know, if they can bring that confidence and they will have plenty of it now after those two games in particular if they can bring that belief and confidence to Park the Ring like you'd have to say they've gone to Simple Stadium they've gone to the Gaelic Grounds and now they're coming to, to Park the Ring you know they'll, they'll hold no fear so you know it, 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 it it's a very hard one to call because Cork are probably in transition that little bit now they do have a lot um, you know a lot of their experience there like I mean you'd have you still have the Mackey players and you have um well one of them anyway and you have Laura Tracy at centre back, um, you know, you have Amy O'Connor, Katrina Mackey, um, you know, those players have won several All Ireland medals. So, you know, they should be available as well. But um certainly, certainly this game is, is, is going to be a hard one to call if if Claire 
and they'll need to if they bring the same intensity that they have been showing in the last couple of matches. Yeah, and it look, it is all good preparation for the Ireland Championship coming up also. Trace, as we said at the outset, Clare also playing in the in the curtain raiser in Parker mm-hmm. on Saturday evening, playing Waterford in the junior final. And we'd be a great boost. Uh, Clare again under the same management. It would be a great boost for Clare if they could start off today with uh, a Munster Championship. There is, and you know, I think the, 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 there is a lot being said about this Clare Junior team, and I think they would probably be coming in slight favourites into into that game against Waterford. And yeah, it, it can be difficult to juggle. I've seen other managers do it in Galway. They've done it in Cork. They've done it in Wexford. Some have done it successfully. Now you know, juggling both management teams, but they'll have all that logistics done out. And um, yeah, I mean, to get the day off to a good start, um, you know, I suppose it's half the battle really. And then you know, the scene is set then for the big one. <coughs> yeah, and we we look forward to that. We've really, you know. Uh, late, late for the second game uh, Trace before we let you go uh, there's also the small matter this weekend of uh, the hurling championship and your own beloved Rebel County in Cork uh, in a do or die game for them against Watford mm. in Walsh Park what's the mood in Cork at the moment Trace? Well the mood is that we need to win it it's as simple as that Um Going down to Walsh Park, you know, it's a cauldron, really. It's not going to be easy. I suppose the mood here, look, it, it it's kind of the mood has diminished. Like, we had a very good league can- campaign, got to a league final, you know, big loss to, to Waterford in that league final, big loss to Limerick then two weeks later in the first round of the round robin, lost to yourselves there then in the second round robin game. So, you know, you're running out of matches. We went out of the minor Championship, Munster Minor Championship um, in the semi-final to yourselves went out of the under-20 hurling championship in the semi-final um, as well to tip. So, you know, it's the middle of May. If the seniors don't win on Sunday, hurling could be gone in Cork. And, you know, it is like 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 yourselves, they love the hurling down here. So, you know, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good situation. So look, you'll be hoping that they can regroup, that they can get something from it. Um, it looks like Jerome Melrick might miss out. You know, he's picked up an injury, so he'd be, you know, a big loss to him. He's been going well, and he's kind of been a marking man as well. Um, so yeah, look, it's 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 a, it's a big ask to go down there. Um, you'll be hoping, you'll be hoping they get something. Look, it, it's an opportunity for them. It's backs to the wall, and look, the players and management know that themselves. And finally, Therese, as you said there, if Cork do suffer defeat on Sunday, that'll be leading the county hurling uh, for Cork until until uh, probably twenty twenty three. And what's your thought? It's not not the ideal situation. Uh, do you think the GA will have to look at this again and maybe alter the schedule a small bit? Look, I suppose if you're winning, it doesn't bother you. But, you know, it's fairly bleak. It's a bleak situation. And I suppose with what I've just mentioned there, with Cork gone out of everything in hurling. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you promote the game? You know, your your summer months um, of when you should be hurling. And, you know, when you love going to the, the Gaelic grounds, you love going to Watch Park, you love going to Ennis, you love going to these, you know, uh, June, July, August. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's look, you don't want to be critical of people. Um but certainly from our point of view anyway it's going to be very, fairly bleak like if there if there's nothing left and um it was brought up at the county board meeting here on Tuesday night, you know, if that situation did arise, would the club championship being brought for be brought forward? And it was a question of no. 
So what do you guys do in between? Um, you know, how do you keep them? If if anybody wants to go away or go travelling, you know, what are the options? Yeah, it's once it, it, it's been set. It's set for him. It's given him a chance to go. There's no doubt about that. Trace, it has been very good to talk to you. And look, thanks for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. We're hoping for a clear double in Park Green on Saturday. I know your lady, <laughs> your rebelets will have something to say about that. But Trace, looking forward to seeing you. And thanks, for, thanks again for taking time to talk to us. You're most welcome, Leo. Thank you. And once again, thanks to Teresa Kellen for taking the time to talk to us. And now we go over to a well-known local journalist, a man who's very good to hear on Scarif Bay Community Radio. He's part of our analysis team here on the Sportsline team. And well-known journalist goes to all games all over and beyond. It's Derek Darmer. Derek, you're welcome once again to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Leo, how are you getting on? Not bad. Derek, uh, first of all, um, we'll, 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 a quick word on the minor hurling match tonight. Heartbreak. But nothing lost in defeat, uh, Derek. Absolutely nothing lost in defeat. It's just, it's just a cruel way for it to end. Whatever about a senior men's team having to face penalty, young lads that are sixteen, you know, it's it, it's tough. It's very tough for them to take. And look, I don't want to be controversial, but I think the making the first penalty being retaken, it just had a detrimental spiral on effect. Uh, especially on young lad psyche, and uh, look, it's cruel. It's cruel. The less the less said about it, the better. To be honest, you know. Yeah, but looking at the game in overall context, you know, um, I suppose maybe you know, and a draw was probably a fair result at the end of the game, even though we wouldn't say that. Maybe we should have kicked on when we had or two pints up and they lost down the lost the men, but team point formidable outfit. But Claire, you know, Claire have come a long way, Derek, in a short space of time. Oh, absolutely. Compared to the look, the, the first outing in Simple Stadium beaten by the six points, the two goals in the third quarter. You know, um, they destroyed Waterford to give a clinical performance. Look, the Rob is going to beat Kerry, but any team that goes down to Parky Arena and defeats Red Hot Favourite the Cork in their backyard. <laughs> you know, that was a tremendous result. And tonight, we probably, look, I don't know, it was a draw. I suppose overall, maybe a draw was the fairest result. But I, I think we left it behind us. I, I genuinely do. When you're a man up, a couple of points up, you know, game management must come into play. I know they're youngsters. And the Tipperary goal, I hate being cynical, but he really should have been stopped 20 yards out and let him tap over a pint. But look, they'll learn from that, Leo. They'll learn from that. And, you know, who's to say we won't meet Tipperary in an All-Ireland final <coughs> and play for a third time? Yeah, and indeed, there's no doubt the, the loss of Dermot Street from Clendale cannot be underestimated. You know, real leader to the team. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced myself tonight that the game wouldn't have even gone takes a time if Dermot Street was on the field. Well, as you said, it, look, I, I was in the media box for it, and a good good friend of yours, Owen Brennan, made that exact statement. Sorry, what you said? What, what did you say there? A good friend of yours, right, Owen okay. Brennan, said that Stritch would have made all the difference in the world—a huge loss. There's no doubt about that. But look at Claire, Claire, uh, a, a great performance by Claire, and congratulations to all the Minters and all the Penley players and everybody involved. Nothing lost in defeat there, Derek. Absolutely, you, you, they provided fantastic entertainment as well. That has to be said. Derek, you know, 100, 110 minutes or 90 or whatever. So. Yeah, Derek, you were in the Gaelic Grounds uh, last Sunday. Uh, Claire and Tipperary, great win for Claire in the senior Camogie uh, semi-final. Now the small matter of going to Parky Rin this Saturday evening, not only for a Munster senior final, but also for a Munster junior final. Claire Camogie's on the massive rise, Leo, isn't it, in fairness? Look, they got to the Munster minor final, it didn't go the way. Munster junior final, please God, we'll get over the line. Big ask in the senior final going down to probably the favourites to be All-Ireland, into their backyard. But, 
the qualities that they, these girls possess. You know, they're hard-working, they fight for each other. They remind me of nothing but Scarf Agunla. You know, uh, the club outfits, just the spirit that they have. And it was a fantastic result. Defeating the top, Tipperary probably be ranked four in the country, defeating them. You know, an epic performance the first day in Central Stadium. It, 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 it's just great, you know, in fairness. And I suppose looking at the game last Sunday, Derek, it was better clear we're getting as the game was going on. And there's no doubt about it, you know, fitness levels have improved. Uh, you know, strength and conditioning has been, looks like has been second to none, you know. And there's a tremendous spirit there. And if Scarif Agunlo can go down to Cork and beat a, a Cork club team, there's nothing to stop Clare going down and beating Cork in a, in a Munster Camogie final. Absolutely. Look, there's nothing to lose. Like, there's nothing to lose. Go down and... Uh, just go hurl with abandon, you know. Just let have a have a real cut at Cork. They've they've done what they've needed to do, which was beat a top four side in championship. They've got to a Munster final, you know. They're still in the All Ireland series, no matter what the outcome. So have a right cut at them. And as you said, fitness level they were outstanding last Sunday. But Leo, I have to mention there was two defining moments in that game, you know, and 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 that's why victory was secured during Murphy's penalty save and Lorna McNamara's goal lit up the Gaelic Crowns last Sunday. You know, there were two individual outstanding pieces of skill that led to the final result going our way, you know. Yeah, and Dear Murphy, uh, uh, Derek, has blossomed into, you know, a top-class goalie. There's no doubt about it. She has the hands. She played outfield. She's, look at, she's, um, I suppose the corner forward gone back into goal, but anyone blessed with the hands that Dear Murphy has, she has turned out to be one of the top uh, goalies in the country. <clears throat> Absolutely, Leo. And look, after the league campaign, two penalty stops against Kilkenny, Outstanding distribution. Uh, look, I, I'd be really plugging for an all-star award here. I think she's one of the top keepers, if not the top keeper in the country. You know, There's no doubt she's put her name in there in life, but by all accounts, the, the goalkeeping coach, I'm not too sure he is, is trying to uh, take a lot of the plaudits. But, you know, and <laughs> he, I met him, would you believe it? And I have to say it. He told me he stood beside, behind her for the penalty and he wanted to eyeball her, eyeball her. He was taking all the credit. Now, I won't mention his name, but he knows who he is. He was taking all the credit <laughs> last Sunday, all right, in fairness to him. And of course, then, as you said, at the end of the field, Lorna Mack, fearless, you know, a brilliant free taker and not afraid to take a score from play either. You know, it took a small while for this lady to come on the scene, but she has she has arrived in style. The goal was of the highest quality and very, very reliable free taker. And as you know, that is a huge part of the modern game. You know, if you can be, get your frees and, and convert them, um, same with Scarif Agunlo this year the freeze in the cup championship they're huge Donna McNamara uh, and Chloe Mori as well you know big freeze from off the field so they have that attribute and, and it's vital to have Derek uh, as the clock is caught up on us here Derek uh, Claire gone in as you said they've lost the minor final already but congrats to the management and team on reaching the Munster final turning their season around two finals in Parky Cueve or Parky Rin on Saturday evening uh, Derek is the double on the cards Oh, Leo, I hate to be... No. I My head says no. I, I, I think the juniors will win. I'm pretty confident that they'll win. I just think it's just too much of an ask to defeat the rage and favourites of the All-Ireland in the backyard. I really hope I'm wrong, but I hope they can give a great account, have a cut-off, and bring that momentum from getting to the Munster final into the All-Ireland series and make it to Crow Park and get into the last four. And that would be at the end of the day, huge progress for the inter-county Camogie and Clare. Look, we know Scarf have gone two Munster clubs in three years. It's been outstanding. 
but let the inter-county team, you know, let them make the progress now. And if they can get close to Cork, if they're in it with a gun into the last quarter, you know, God knows anything could happen. Yeah, I just know. feel Cork might have too much for them. I'd be very, very hopeful that the juniors would secure a Munster title and that the seniors could run Cork close and take that momentum into the All-Ireland series. Derek, as always, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. I hope your prediction is going to be wrong for once and that Clare will lend a double. So do I, Leon. I'll be sitting beside you next Saturday roaring them on. Good man, Derek. As always, come here. A pleasure to talk to you. And we look forward to seeing you in Park Irene later on. Uh, it's Derek Dormer. Thanks, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Leon. Thanks for having me. And once again, thanks to Derek Dormer for taking the time to talk to us. Now we're going to we're joined on the line by manager, uh, winning manager of a vital tour uh, competition here uh, that came to Scaliff Community College during the week. It was the Munster uh, Under Fifteen uh, C competition, and Scaliff they, they won won the Munster final. Scaliff their second uh, competition they've won this year. They also won that inaugural Clare Under Fifteen Championship, which was a great success before Christmas. And now they've done went on and done the double. And as I said, we're joined on the line now by a man who's always very good to see on Scaliff Bay Community Radio. It's Shawnee McNamara. Shawnee, you're welcome to Scarf Bay Community Radio once again. Thanks, Leo. Thanks for having me. Shawnee, uh, first of all, uh, massive congratulations to you and all the lads on a massive achievement again, winning the double. And you started the year in well, real fashion with the with the 15s and you finished the season in the same tone. Yeah, they're going, they're going a long time now. They're probably going since September. So uh, we're in May now, so they've, they've a lot of hurling done for the school. And so, I suppose, uh, I suppose that they, with the pandemic, you know, uh, put a stop to a lot of it. But I tell you, they've more than made made up for it with with a, a year, a, a good year of hurling. Yeah, they had a had a, a lot of matches. The Clare competition was absolutely super, and a kind of the idea of it was to get Clare schools ready for Munster. And you can see that it worked anyway, because Art School Reach played in the Clare A competition before Christmas. I think they won the Munster A. Rice College won the Munster B today and we won the Munster C. So I think the Clare competition helped helped an awful lot. Yeah, and again, once again, uh, credit all the lads that came up with it and, and I suppose Donna Maloney won the men behind that and, and credit to everybody. Uh, Shawnee, it wasn't an easy campaign. You might go through the, the, the matches that you played uh, to win this Munster Championship yeah, and, of course, the semi-final and final was a double a double uh, day with the semi-final and the final played in one day. Yeah, I suppose before I start on that, just that you mentioned Donald Maloney and Doug Clare, they were a great help uh, giving me coaches for the under-15 team as well. So we got in top-class coaches in Andrew Fahey from Whitegate and Shane McGrath from Fecal. So they really they really ran the ship from September with the under-15 team. So we'd have to thank Club Clare and Donald for giving us a dig out I don't have them in, the teachers in the school, I suppose, that it was great to get me in, like Shane McGrath and Andrew Fahey. And then towards the end of the campaign, Keen Galvin was in the school and teaching practice. So the young lads all looked up to him too, being according to Claire Senior. So it was great from all different sides, but especially Donald and Club Claire getting me in, Andrew and Shane. Yeah, and Shawnee, and congrats, and thanks to the boys, you know, and, and, and great coaches, there's no doubt about that, well known in, 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 in sporting circles, and young Galvin as well, of course, and men, and men for the future. Yeah. Shawnee, you might just tell us a quick brief uh, synopsis of the campaign itself. So, we had, first, it was knockout all the way, so the first match was against St. Gaiman's in Shannon, so um, that was a tough, tough note, it was only, I think we might have won by seven or eight at the end, but we got a goal at the end to clinch it. 
So they had a lot of work done. We found the match in Clare, the Clare competition against some tough. And the one for this Munster campaign was on in Multon, so that was a tough match as well. It might have been something like 216 to 111 or 112, and it might have been 115 to 112 with three or four minutes to go. So that was a tough one. That brought us on to a quarter final against Kilmelloch, and I just think we were very lucky that we played Caymans away with COVID in the Munster schools. They're gone. There was no new venues until we got near the semi-final and final, so we got to play uh, Kilmelloch in Budike, so that was another tough match. A humdinger, a humdinger, yeah. And I just felt that, like a bit like today, you know, that Kilmelloch might have had better players than our best players, but we were more solid of the 15 that you might think an under-15 senior cornerback would be a weak link, but none of our cornerbacks were weak links. And, Maher or Cormac Gunning or you know what I mean you might be saying we'll chance this fellow corner forward but we weren't chancing Paul Rogers so we we were solid all, all over whereas the other schools we met might have had star players up the middle and that's what got the line eventually I'd say being solid everywhere yeah and then that led you on to the semi-final and final which were played all in the one day yeah it was, I suppose a bit disappointing that to have only meant one extra day if they played the semi-finals today, you could have played the final next Friday or next week and played it for an hour of a semi-final, an hour of a final. But we put up with it anyway and we played 18 minutes a half against Clannacilty from Cork. And they were decent enough, uh, 213 to 2-7. I think we were about six points to one up at half time and got a quick goal after half time. And we looked good. We tacked on a few points, but they came back and got two goals and we just Harry in and see from Clooney. Got the clinching goal in that match. So for 18 minutes a half, 2.13 was a good score. Good score, yeah. yeah good, good total, yeah. That led you on to the final then? Final then was against, I thought it might be Mitchell Sound. They're always strong in our grades. We seem to come across them a good bit to beat us in the 16 and a half. But Bell and Gary, Bell and Gary gave them a nice beating over there. 18 minutes a half semi-final. I think it was 3.11 to 1.6. So Bell and Gary beat Mitchell Sound. So... Again, like I was just saying earlier, very five or six very, very strong players. But then they had a few weak links, maybe their keeper letting one or two soft ones and maybe their cornerbacks or their corner forwards weren't as strong as our corners or our wings that we had no weak link. Everybody was solid today. And some boys were super. Liam Cahill, the water manager, was there. So I think he had a young fellow playing. Yeah, his young lad would have been playing, yeah. Good, supposed to be a good, good lad too. And Lingainer was there, I don't know. Lingainer would be the young lad's grandfather. So, he was live in the line, Lin was. was <laughs> Lin's daughter might have been lively too, she might have given us a few words. Uh, they wouldn't be too, there's no doubt, they wouldn't be short of a word or two, there's were, no doubt about that. finished after it. Yeah, uh, good. So, and, and our, boys, our boys were super down the final, it was a strong wind down the field and we were only using 16 or 17. We knew we were going to be tired, so we took a chance on the pass. And I think, I think Dylan Dice, our captain, won the pass, and we elected to play against the wind and the and the hill in Gary's plan, hoping that when we were getting tired, we'd have them behind our backs coming near the end. So we were two eight to eight points down at half time, which wasn't bad. With the wind was in it in the hill, and we got a goal straight after half time, so things were looking good. But then we conceded one straight away, so it was. Back in the middle, but it was three eight to one eight, so it didn't look. Hit. I think it might have even got to three ten to one eight. But these boys 
you know, I know the club's in East Clare, White Kit, but I scare off. I got lost in one at the Nelson Hurland and just kept going and kept going. And I think it finished to be 3 13 apiece at the end of normal time. So that was a good comeback from 3 10 to 1 8 down, even accounting that you had a wind and a, and a hill maybe with you. And then the same story extra time, we went against the hill and the wind. It was three points to one. We only played seven and a half minutes a half because of the we had played the semi final that yeah. day. So, but we said five, two schools we got on grand. We said five minutes was too short, and ten minutes might have been too tough on lead. So we went with seven and a half, three points to one at the half time break, and then then we kind of took over. They just kept going. We got we got level, and then I think we kind of got another soft goal. But then we got we worked some great goals after that. Final score might have been something like five seventeen to three sixteen. They mightn't have scored at all in the second half of extra time. Formid- there was no doubt about it. Formidable scoring, but look at it. We have seen yeah. that. We had seen that team earlier on in the year, and you know, just tremendous talent, as you said, an all-round team. You know, no weaklings, exactly. no, no yeah. weaklings, and you know, it culminated in a good week for Scarif Community College. Sean, you also won uh, the Barry Nash tournament down in Rasgrave <laughs> earlier in the week. So, it it's great to finish the year in 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 style. Yeah, there's three cups over at the school and the one table, so that's that's looking good. And just the Barry Nash, it was the opposite of today. I think we used 28 players on Monday, so um, it was good. Maybe we were a bit strong for the opposition, but for the men, it's an honour of and the Nash family. We treat it with respect and we play our strongest team, so we kind of played. The subs in the, in the semi-final would have turned out to be against the school from Affili and then we... We didn't give them a look at Garochi, the Irene Mac or Conor Whelan and we unleashed them in the final and they did the business. Yeah, and I suppose a, a, a tremendous moment in when Noel McGrath, you know. It's, I think his second time captain and I think the last time we won, he was captain as well. He might have been young at the time. I think Henry McGrath had left the school so Noel being a first cousin of Barry it was lovely. And that's it. Jim was happy enough to present it to no, I think Jim shouts for Cistercian if he doesn't have a connection with someone on the team. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really a dint. Nice to finish the year in, in style. And look, at, it gives all the lads great heart. And, you know, with the exams coming Super, up, yeah. and gives him a boost. Yeah. And they look forward to returning and in September with plenty of hurling to come again. Exactly. Yeah. And that competition, I think, that we won today, I think it was 2016, we might have won it with. I think Connor Downs got a hat trick of goals. I think one of the teachers in Bellingary today lost the final for killing all that time. He said he was beaten in it. He might, be, he might be a student teacher with him today. He taught Mark Rogers I got the three goals, but we have another Rogers on the way and he's he's not too bad either. Not too bad, not too bad either. He did the business today. That's the main thing. Shawnee, look what the clock has caught up on us. Congratulations and thanks to you for all the work you're continuing to do over there in Scarlett Community College and putting the hurling on the map and great to see success once again coming to the coming to the college over there. And look, thanks for taking the time to talk to us and we look forward to hearing more from you maybe during the summer and definitely going in later on in the year. Shawnee McNamara, look, thanks a million. Thanks, Leo. Thanks. Good luck. And our thanks for Shawnee McNamara there from Scarif Community College for joining us on the line, explaining about their uh, wonderful week in, in uh, of achievement in hurling. And now we're turning our faces back to Camogie again, and we're joined by the head the head of management on the Clare Junior and Senior Camogie teams, with a big weekend, uh, of course, coming up in the minor and Munster Senior and Junior Finals. John Carmody. John, welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Thank you, Pat. And, and John, th- thanks for taking the time to talk to us, because I know it's, it's a busy week for you, um, obviously. Before we go, before we go on... Um, the, tra- 
Cena and Junior Munster final, first of all, has a great ring to it. But secondly, it didn't happen by accident. The plan to have dual management over both uh, and now the Munster finals, obviously, that is a kind of an affirmation that was a great decision. Yeah, I suppose the credit has to go to the board there, Pat, you know, uh, Joe O'Donnell in particular, for, for being brave enough to make that decision. I suppose I was on the outside looking in the last few years that my own Quiva was involved in both panels and it seemed to be a bit disjointed with two different managements, but it has worked a treat for us with, with both panels. Um, the junior the junior players have complemented the senior players and uh, you have that competition and quality in training and one, one group is pushing the other group and um, so far so good. I think that's why we've progressed. Um, I mean, we've talked about being ready for the All-Ireland Championship and we had put emphasis on the Munster Championships from day one as when it should be coming together and thankfully to this point uh, we're happy where we're at. Yeah, and before we talk specifically about the two big batches uh, this Saturday, um, just maybe a, a word on how the training sessions work. Do, do the, all the players on both squads travel tra- train together in all aspects of it, or are, are they separated at times for different drills or different tactical talks? Or, or how does it work, John? No, well, we we train collectively, but when we're doing specific uh, training, we say you, you'll probably have the senior group uh, in. You know, we we'll have them in different groups training, and you'll probably find we'll have the senior players with the senior players. Um, the pace and intensity and we'd have the better yeah. junior players in the senior group or the way the more experienced junior players we'd say Pat to be wrong to say the better junior players they're all treated equally exactly but um, you know we've, I suppose we, as everybody, everybody was talking about the size of the management team we have but <laughs> they're all needed and uh, you know we have a good structure to train and it's well organised and um, it works well which is key now obviously um you you came in for you know measurement this year having have been have been looking on for the last few years at how things were going and clear knocking on the doors was at senior level in particular but never quite maybe getting there. Um, what you know you're now in the Munster final having a brilliant win, particularly against Tipperary in that replay inside in in, in Gaelic grounds. You know with a tip following there to cheer on tip etc. Played extremely well. Um, what from your point of view, what was the next step needed to get the girls maybe to 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 maybe head into the, head head into maybe the next team after the tip top three when we weren't kind of getting that stage before. What was the steps that you needed that you saw the squad needed to take? Well, I suppose Pat, looking enough, I had been involved before, and I suppose my own girls coming up along, I would know the Camogie scene in Clare quite well. And I suppose I have to give credit to Connor Dolan. Uh, Connor put the management team together and has done fantastic work. And I was approached at the end of it would I get involved? And I suppose when you're above and stand at matches and you're given the opportunity to get involved. Um, I, I felt it would have been hypocritical of me not to get involved. So I'm enjoying being involved. I, I only I won't say I have a, a small part to play in a in a in a very experienced management team. Um, I think it's it, the kudos goes to the players. Uh, we identified players with pace, with hurling ability, and uh, to be fair to uh, Connor and in Mulvihill. Eugene Foody and Colin Fitzgerald, uh, we, you know, we chatted about the structure and how we wanted to play and we've implemented that from the work go and we're improving week on week and, um, you know, that's where it's at. There's no rocket science to it, we, yeah. I suppose. We brought um, a bit of experience and demanded a commitment from the players and we, the players that did commit to Clare Camogie this year are fully committed to it and any day we take the field, 
we can trust the girls because we know they've the work done. And obviously, John, you had experience uh, of success before with Clare at Munster level, so I suppose that stands to you as well. It's a, it's a big uh, team, and I suppose nowadays in modern sport, modern GA, modern Kabogie or hurling, whatever it is, you do need uh, a fairly good backroom team. There's a lot of aspects of the game now that have changed, become much more intense, much more uh, broken down into great detail. So um, the management team obviously getting on very well, and the players are responding magnificently. That, that's it, Pat. Look, you talked about breaking into the top three, and, and we haven't broken in in there yet. You know, we, we're we're getting close now, and we're knocking on the door. But you you need to get to that level. You you need to have all bases covered. And I mean, ju- just I suppose I spoke about the coaches there, like, but we also have Brendan Foley involved as goalkeeping coach, a tremendous man. You know, brings a lot of experience to the, the setup, and we have Alan Dogan on on sports performance and analysis, and. Grania Travers and nutrition, like we we have a very good setup, and that all comes with the backing we have got from the county board, and I think Joe Donnell in particular and Martin Kaiser and Anne Sands have been very supportive of us, and um, you know when the girls see that the board are putting their shoulder to the wheel for them, um, they're responding because you know we as management team are making sure that everything they need to perform at the highest level is there for for them. And in modern times, that's absolutely vital because you know players see what's going on in other counties, the top counties, and they have to, you have to match that, and you're more than matching it. Uh, it seems the response on the pitch has been brilliant. Uh, watching them against Tip both days, um, John, in particular in recent times, um, there's a method to the play, and the players seem to know their roles. And you have very few switches of players who are normally play different positions and are now, are now in a new position. And uh, you know what are the things you see that are, have worked well for you? What, what specific things you are you very happy with that have maybe seen you get to, to, to the stage of, of a Munster final having seen off tip well I, I suppose you know it starts from the back and, and um, you, you know you, any good team is built around a successful defence and you know there, no, more, more, no more so than Durham Murphy inside and goal has been outstanding Absolutely. And then you, you have leaders up the middle you know you have Claire Harris an outstanding captain Chloe Morey Nevo D also a giant captain you know Emer Kelly Anya Lachlan I could go on you know they're experienced players now Troy and Elena Ryan Aoife Keane's move to half back has been fantastic she's having an outstanding season so you know and in the, the youth we brought in look, look at maybe it's just coincidence but Quiva Kelly my own daughter Quiva Carmadizzi Anne Spillane Linda Daly Susan Daly you know huge pace Lorna McNamara so that blend of experience and pace and um, they're growing in confidence in terms of hurling together in the structure we have put in place for them and you know I suppose we get a big test now on, on Saturday evening against Cork and uh, that's what we want no better I mean we've stated it's about the All-Ireland Championship so this Munster final is um, I suppose it's the finishing touches to our preparations and we'll know on Saturday evening um, you know yeah. are we really we're in a tough group in the All-Ireland Championship and uh, we'll need to be on top of our game for the next six weeks so as was going down to the Lionesses then of Harker Inn, uh, you know, would normally strike fear into most Kabogi teams in the country. But I think from 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 watching you and hearing you talk, I, I don't think you're you're overawed by the by the whole thing. You want the challenge, you want to measure yourself against the best, and you want to see can you put up a performance. And you're quite confident that at least you will perform. We we are, Pat. You know, as a management and and players, like we're comfortable in in in, in our structure and how we're playing the game and uh, how we're improving week on week. So I was, you know, you'd wonder how 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 it ended up in Parky Arena playing Cork. You'd imagine it should have been a neutral venue, but you know, at this stage now, we're you know we've went to Torles, we've went to the Gaelic grounds. Uh, we're not going to make an excuses at this stage. We'll we'll take it as it comes, and we'll go down and we'll put our shoulders to the wheel. There's a a massive trophy on offer, and 
we have won it before and wouldn't it be nice to win it again yeah, Brilliant and John we have of course mentioned the junior team in the final against Waterford as well at 4pm and uh, this junior team as I said at the outset you know training with the seniors same, you know getting all the benefits of, of management uh, of, of senior management etc and training and coaching and S&C and the whole lot uh, it's fantastic for Clare to have this backup of a, of a second squad you know playing top class games and uh, going for the trophy as well and please God that they can win the trophy that's it, Peter, and I think we see the second team as crucial in this, um, you know, hopefully they'll have success on Saturday, and um, it's about developing, um, you know, there's talk there, you know, that we have, whatever, 18, 19 senior players, but you would hope that through the that through the junior team that, that next year we'll get that up to 23, 24 players. We brought in five or six of the minor team now that contested the Munster final so there's competition for places building in that junior squad as well so we're building from the bottom up and um, you know what an opportunity for those junior players on, on Sunday to put their you know put their hand up and, and, and win a trophy for Clare and look forward to bigger things Absolutely and John the, the clock has caught up with us but listen the first thing to say is the very very best of luck in those two Munster finals against Waterford uh, in the junior and Cork in the senior from Scarlet Community Radio our sincere thanks to you for joining us we know you're a busy man with all the preparation but uh, the very very best of luck and we hope to have at least one and maybe two trophies uh, Saturday evening coming home to the Banner County Thanks very much, Pat. And once again, thanks to John Carmody uh, for taking the time to talk to us. And as I said, we wish to Claire Camogies the very best of luck in Parky Green, Parky Green, sorry, uh, later on. And now we turn back uh, to hurling and with the big games on the weekend, it's a real weekend-defining moment in the hurling championship. And we have joined now by no better man uh, to talk about the, the different teams. Uh, it's well-known journalist with the Independent. Uh, when very good to hear talk to you on Scarif Bay Community Radio. It's after the man, Michael Verney. Michael, you're welcome once again. Lads, how are you going? Good to, good to be back. I'm, we're right in the thick of it, which is always a good thing. Thanks That's for, for sure. Michael. Uh, come here. First of all, Michael, uh, congratulations to you and, and, and your wife, Ellen, on, on your recent marriage. And uh, I hope all is going well. Thanks very much. There's, there's Claire blood in her. Would you believe her dad is from Mount Shannon? So I, I'd say I'm, uh, I'm, I've good blood. There'll be good bloodlines, hopefully, with a bit of luck. Yeah, I was thinking. I was yep. thinking with her surname, there had to be a clear connection somewhere. There's no doubt about that, and we might explore that <laughs> at another date. But congratulations to you both. However, we have to explore the the, the championship at the moment. Michael, what a game uh, we had this weekend in the first of all the Munster Championship, Cork and Waterford down in Walsh Park, and of course the eagerly awaited clash of Clare and Limerick in Cusick Park. Yeah, it's brilliant. I was just talking about the first game. You know, Cork and Waterford was a, a good bit has changed even since the league final. Cork were fairly low then. They're probably a bit lower now. Waterford uh, expectations are probably tempered a small bit, which maybe isn't a bad thing because the hype might have been running wild there for a while, but just a huge game. I was expecting a reaction from Cork against Limerick. Didn't really come. You'd still expect a reaction this weekend. But, you know, I, I would imagine if Waterford bring what they're capable of to the table, that they'd be a bit too strong. But it, there, there is, you'd imagine there has to be a kick in Cork, whether we'll see that down in the Cauldron or Walsh Park. Hopefully we will, and we get a, we get a belter of a game. But the permutations are just fascinating, lads. Like, I know Tipperary have lost three games, but technically they're not even out of the Munster Championship were Cork to beat Waterford and Tip to beat Cork and then Clare to beat Waterford even in the last game. Potentially, even on score difference, tips could still go through. So, there's still an awful lot to play for for all the teams here. And while Cork are at a low ebb, they'll be hoping that they can turn things around. 
and uh, somehow get back on an even keel at the weekend. But uh, geez, on, on all known form we've seen so far this year, it, it'd have to be Waterford for me in that one. And then turning to the, the game later on, and of course, uh, you know, they, they, before Clare and Limerick, obviously Limerick have gone through, but before Clare take the field, they will know uh, what way they're, they're fixed uh, after the game in Walsh Park with Cork and Watford. Yeah, it's a funny one, lads. Um, it's a funny one because, you know, they'll know, they'll know or they might know, but you really kind of have to focus on your own business as well. I, I don't think they'll be dwelling too much on... I don't even know if the, if the management might know, but I don't know if we'll take down the players even before games with, with phones all switched off and with them kind of being in their own bubble. I don't even know if they'll know that result. And they'll just go out and try and get a victory in their own right. And I suppose, from a Clare point of view, the league the league draw with, with Limerick would be hugely encouraging. And Clare's form so far in the Championship would be hugely encouraging as well. They won't, you know, there's always an element of fear playing Limerick and Clare will not have that just from the rivalries down through the years and even you know when Limerick ran, ran away with the, the 2020 championship like Clare were one of the teams to give them a real good rattle uh, that year as well um, pushing them for long stages too they have nearly all their main men back on the pitch Just um, it's just great to see Peter Duggan back on the pitch and just the enthusiasm he brings to it there's a real kind of a boldness to him in, in a good in a good type of a way. He's just getting stuck in. He's mad eager. Um, Shane O'Donnell is is like a uh, just like he's like a, a a heifer or a bullock after being let out of the shed in in April, getting onto fresh grass. He's absolutely flying since he went out wing forward and just with his concussion problems, hopefully well behind him. And then obviously you have Tony mixed in there, and potentially you can get Ed McCarthy, David Reedy. Mark Rogers and a few more back onto the pitch. Like you'd have to say, things are looking things are looking well for Clare. So big thing for them at the weekend is just to be really competitive again and push Limerick down the stretch. And I and I'd expect them to push them pretty close. And Michael, there's the view being expressed, but it might be a little bit uh, premature that Limerick are coming back closer to the, to, uh, the following pack. I suppose as I said, Sunday's game will will tell us a lot more about that. But um, do you think Limerick? not fully firing at all cylinders, but yet able to win games in the last seven or eight minutes. Do you think that's how the key is to, to be ahead of Limerick maybe with 10 minutes to go and then, you know, be even with them and, and, and just hang on for that win if, if, if you can do it? No point in, in letting them get ahead of you. Yeah, I'll tell you the one thing you can't do with them, though, is you can't hang on. Um, and Tipperary were hanging on the other day and just didn't have the bench with, with the, you know, the high-profile lads they were missing between Jason Ford John McGrath and, and many more. They just didn't have that experience on the bench. Claire, Claire's bench is, is you know, a good bit stronger than Tipperary's was at the weekend. They have some artillery to bring in. They have some lads that can change a game. You need to be, you know, you need to be getting stronger towards the finish. You definitely can't be getting weaker with Limerick. Limerick because yeah. the one thing is for certain, you will, they will not get weaker down that stretch. And there's almost a, a psychological thing as well, maybe with teams that they know Limerick are going to come. But yeah, you know, they probably didn't blow us away against Waterford. Still managed to get the job done. Definitely didn't blow us away against Tip. And I wonder, did, did you know, talk in media circles and just people talking in general about, you know, potentially the biggest win they could ever have over Tipperary in Championship. Did that seep into the into the camp at all? Complacency is definitely not something we've ever associated with Limerick. But they're definitely under par at the weekend. So potential chinks in their armour. And even with, with with the statement that they released last night, and 
be all yeah. accounts, it, it looks like it looks like maybe that uh, a panel member has been dropped for a breach of protocols. That's just another thing that they have to deal with. It's more noise that they that they have to deal with that they prefer not to deal with. And Keen Lynch is obviously out as well, so you know it's funny that uh, I, I think they have a I think they have a very good squad, but to be a worry um, that you know if they were to pick up a suspension or another injury, particularly to a player in that mid late from five to twelve, that they could be a bit vulnerable. So. Claire will be definitely hoping to expose any vulnerabilities on Sunday, and I'm going to be down in Cusack Park, and I, I can't wait for it. It's always, it's always a real, yeah, it's, it's always a real, yeah, it's always a real good atmosphere, even for that Munster League final earlier on this year. Now, in Paris, I think, the, I would say the majority were, were Limerick at the time, but even there was a massive crowd for a game, and I think it was at the end of January. And you know you'd be expecting a bumper crowd in there on Sunday, and you know Claire are coming with a lot of optimism. There'll be a lot of enthusiasm for, from supporters, so hopefully it'll be an absolute belter of a game. And again, he, he beat them there in 2018 in the round robin as well, so you have previous in that regard, so it's going to be a fascinating game. Does the fair chance, sorry, Leo, does the fair chance there'll be as, at least as many uh, Limerick people and maybe more in Cusick Park because I think the tickets were snapped up by Limerick very, very quickly when they went on sale. But Michael, one or two, does the view also, there's maybe one or two, maybe three Limerick fellas sailing a bit close to the wind with referees and how they tackle, etc., etc. And, um, you know, that might be a factor in a really, you know, intense, a uh, lot of rivalry, words being said uh, in this game in the tight confines of the crowd around in Cusick Park. So uh, maybe the referee might have to flash uh, a couple of colours to maybe either side and, and that could be a, a factor in the game, even though you hope it wouldn't be. Well, it was funny. Uh, it was funny, lads. I was down in the Gaelic grounds the last day, and not being smart, if there was twenty-seven thousand one hundred and eleven there, and I'd say at least twenty-five thousand of them were Limerick, and you're, you're you're more like it just it's just natural. It's human nature, and we're hometown decisions. You are far less likely to pick up a red card in that scenario on your home patch, especially when the crowd is in on top of a referee. But when it's probably going to be fifty-fifty in Cusick Park. Um, and the crowd will get up, like, you know, if Aaron Galan is loose with a stroke, Gerard Hegarty, those two probably in particular, even Seamus Flanagan. Seamus Flanagan has had, you know, a good few red cards in the last couple of years. Not saying the Clare lads will be, you know, going golden or anything like that, but but, but it's, only, it's only natural that, you know, if lads are throwing out the odd sneak here and there, that, you know, that's it's only natural in a, in a rivalry, in a big derby match like that, that, Tensions are going to be kind of running high, and I, I, I'd say that there's probably a high percentage that that someone will end up, well, someone will end off by the end of it, or someone will, will be could potentially be sent off by the end of it. But that's kind of just what I mean that Limerick are really, as you say, they're they're sailing close to the wind, and they can't afford an Aaron Galan or a Gerard Hegarty potentially to be sent off in any game. To miss that game, the rest of that game, and potentially if it was a straight red to miss the game that follows as well, but. Yeah, Galan's won the last day. Like, it was very, very loose. But twenty years ago, that's probably a, you know that's just a free. But nowadays, something like that is probably given. Like that would have been a red card in the league. I think it's I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So they definitely need to definitely need to sharpen up on that. And the one thing about Galan, I'd say as well is he is a bit loose sometimes in that regard. But he's taken his form to another level this year this summer so far like he's been un- unbelievable I think six points from play in one game he got 2-1 the other day from play like he's just so important to them and they need him on the pitch and if potentially he'd been sent off the last I think tipper up by two points at the time 
maybe we'd be talking about a different result. Yeah, and I suppose uh, at the end of the day, you know, he'd be an awful loss, but he probably is the player player of the championship at the moment. Uh, Michael, in in a in in a nutshell, is it is it clear Limerick and Waterford to to progress to the latter stages? I think so, lads. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, the the big game, the big the bigger game, I suppose, probably is the game at two o'clock on Sunday. But with, with Cork and Waterford, but I'd be expecting Waterford to pull through there, like an all known form of what we've seen this year. Like Cork are kind of peaks and troughs. Waterford are very, very consistent. And even like if you were saying before the championship started, you know, if Cork could pick a venue to be playing Waterford in, I, I don't think it would be Walsh Park, but just given the phys- the physicality that Waterford bring to the table. And while Waterford potentially need more space as well, that tight confines would definitely suit them a bit more. Big physical players that are going to get stuck in. They're not going to give Cork time on the ball. And, you know, if Cork... If Cork give the same sort of time to offer players as they did to Clare uh, the last day, you know, free puck outs and lads getting a free puck at the ball and pucking it down to another fella that's free, Waterford will absolutely gobble that up. And I'd be expecting Stephen Bennett, who's been probably very quiet from play so far, to absolutely catch fire on Sunday. But yeah, I, in, in no particular order, Limerick, Limerick, Waterford, it's probably in that order. Limerick, Waterford, Clare will be how, how I expect to see it. And Michael, quickly turn on to the Leinster Championship and what's your, what's your permit, what do you think where the permutations will end up there? Ah, sure. You, you need to be Paul Canark or a mathematician, <laughs> I'd say, to, to go through them all. But like a fascinating game on Saturday evening with, with Kilkenny and Dublin. Uh, Dublin in a good position now, having beaten Wexford. If they can get a result, even a draw on, on Saturday, they, you know, they're nearly all but certain of a Leinster final. But I'd imagine the Cats are going to come, really come, fighting hard on Saturday evening. Um, I believe TJ Reid had a, a bit of a, a sickness going into the Galway game, so that might explain why he was pulled off when he was. Um, and that was just, that was Kilkenny's first game, you know, with due respect to Westmead and Leash. It was their first game against, you know, one of the, the other big three. And I think they've got, like, like a horse running first time out, I think they'll come on an awful lot for that kind of, experience and just how tight and physical a game that was I expect them just about to get through it but Dublin will put, put up plenty of resistance um, if you're talking about who potentially is going to miss out in Leinster even though like Wexford will still have a great chance going into that game against Kenny and Nolan Park they're definitely the, the ones that look like they're going to miss out at the moment and I suppose Michael, um, one, of course, one, of, one of the big games uh, of, of the weekend and that shouldn't escape us is um, the minor final uh, a novel pairing Offaly versus Leash? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great to be talking about those two teams uh, going into a final against each other. Only three times in history of uh, Kilkenny or Dublin not been in a Leinster minor final. Um, so it's it's great for Offaly and Leash. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fascinating game. Listen, Monday evening is probably not ideal for a lot of people, but I think it's partly due to facilitating TG Carr. Uh, broadcasting the game live and I know you boys were, were either at the game this evening or watching it live on TG Carter as well and the service that those guys and, and girls are doing for the GA is just unbelievable to be able to see those games nearly every night of the week it, it's fantastic and uh, just after the under 20 footballers winning last year there is a good feel a real good feel good atmosphere around Offaly Offaly have beaten Leash already in this year's championship beat them by three points uh, a novel pairing but I'm hoping I'm hoping we come out the, the right side of it. We've a, a couple of really, really good prospects. Uh, Dan Ravenhill and Adam Screedy in particular, two forwards, two really, really 
uh, exciting prospects. So hopefully we'll get the job done. And we've uh, we actually have a Limerick man over us, Leo O'Connor, who yeah, brought well Limerick did, to, yeah. the, to, to, to the minor title a few years ago. So in fairness, there's been a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of foresight put into things and awfully. We looked at an outside man. We thought maybe that could potentially be a better model for us. If you look at what the Limerick 20s have done with Richie Flannery being involved from Nina as well, yeah. it, do, it looks like a bit of a... It's just... I don't know. It just It's added something different, so, different to us, a different kind of a steel, maybe a mentality to us. So hopefully we can get over the line. And even if we don't, at least we have an All-Ireland series to look forward to. Yeah, and just to, and, be in, just, to, just to be in that conversation... And in that scenario, it's hugely exciting from an awfully point of view. I even have Goose Pimples even talking about it here now, just because that's where we want to be. And it's great to see that work that has been done at development squad level is bearing fruit already. There's been a lot of hype around this team. And, it's, you know, from coming back from Tony Forrest to leaving that age group. And it's great to see that they're backing it up already. Yeah, and indeed it was in 1989 there was a small matter of a minor final between Offaly and Clare which unfortunately came out on top. Maybe we might, maybe uh, this year, uh, so many years on, we might get the chance to, to binge that uh, result. Michael Vernon. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, boys, if, if the same thing happens for Clare and Offaly as did on the back of that 89 final, I think we'd be both happy. Yes, but without, without, we'll take it. There's no doubt about that. Michael, as always, it is good to hear your, your views on the game. They're always uh, right on the money and forthright. And once again, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Thank, Radio. Thanks a million, gents. Best of luck on Sunday. Good man. Thank you very much, Mike. Thanks a million. And once again, thanks to Michael Verney for time, taking the time to talk to us. And that concludes our sports and show here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio in association with Derek Craig Union on the 88.3 and 92.7 FM. My thanks to our special guests this evening, Tracer Callaghan, Derek Dormer, Shawnee McNamara, John Carmody and of course Michael Verney. Thanks to co-presenter uh, Pat McNamara. Uh, thanks to Jim Collins in the Cultural Talk. Without him, we wouldn't have a, a programme. And thanks to you very much for tuning in and listening us. We hope you enjoyed the programme. And the very best look to all the Clare teams who take part this weekend in the Junior Camogie, the Senior Camogie, and of course the Senior Hurling. And all that remains is Melio Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn. <laughs>